hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Oh My Allergies podcast. This is your hostess with the mostest, Valencia. And if you are new here, the Oh My Allergies podcast is a podcast about all things allergies. Whether you have food allergies, seasonal allergies, skin allergies, or even your pet has allergies, Oh My Allergies is a safe space for discussions for those that need a bit of advice and support from someone who understands their struggle. Let's learn how to navigate life and learn how to thrive with our allergies together. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about my go-to allergen-friendly dishes that utilize easy-to-find vegetables and other food items because everyone has been in the kitchen cooking more often due to stay-at-home orders and quarantining, so I thought it would be really fun to talk about how you can turn basic ingredients into allergy-friendly meals that are exciting and fulfilling and flavorful for you guys and your loved ones. But before I get into today's episode, you guys know I have to talk about what's been going on. So what's been going on with me? Well, Hamilton came out on Disney Plus, so me and my family were super excited about that and we watched it on the actual day that it came out. It came out July 3rd and when we first went into the app, that joker was buffering like it was kind of hard to get into the app like the app would like it would open but then it would like force quit itself and then we would try to get back into it and then once we were able to click on Hamilton it was hard to be able to watch the whole musical because it was buffering for a lot of the time and so I went and checked our internet connection and our internet connection was pretty good so when I was looking up things online like on Twitter and stuff I saw that a lot of people said that the day when I was watching it that it was really really hard to be able to watch it all the way through without it buffering and that people kept having to get out of the app and go back in the app but After a while, we were able to finally get into the app and actually be able to see Hamilton. And when it was announced that Hamilton was coming to Disney+, Plus, me and my mom were super excited because we had been wanting to see this musical because everybody has said so many really, really, really great things about it. Now, fun fact about me, I'm not really the biggest fan of musicals, which is funny because you're probably like, okay, then like, why were you so interested in Hamilton? I thought it was really different than like your typical musical and I really liked how in the lyrics it really told a story about history and how genius it really was for the whole production especially the amount of diversity that was in the original cast and just you know the dancing and the music I really was very interested and intrigued by the musical so I wanted to see it and I ended up really 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 liking Hamilton And like I said before, like the music was amazing. The dancing was amazing. I loved how that the music talks about history and it even throws like a little bit of jabs every now and then, but it really just tells a story. Now, Leslie Odom Jr., like he led a lot of the songs and for a moment I was like, is he supposed to be Alexander Hamilton? Even though I knew that Alexander Hamilton was supposed to be Lynn Miranda, but he did such a really great job in his role as Aaron Burr. He did like a really great job. So let's talk about David Diggs because he was absolutely hilarious when he was Thomas Jefferson. I was like, oh, looks like Thomas Jefferson had the mentality of, oh, we're here for a good time, not a long time. And his like Thomas Jefferson walk had like so much swag to it. He was so funny. It was, there was, what part of it was the musical? I want to say it was when 
Burr was coming onto the stage to be able to start singing a song. And then David saw him walk onto the stage and start randomly singing. And he was looking at him like in character, like, who is this man? And like, why is he just like out in song for like some random reason? It was so hilarious. Or he would like make little jokes. And I thought it was cool when they showed them at the, I want to say at the Constitutional Convention. And when they would have their like dialogue and it seemed like it was kind of like a rap battle, but they were like talking to each other in a way. So I thought it was very interesting that throughout the whole musical that the script was rapping essentially and that it wasn't like, okay, they sung in song and then there's the acting script point of it where they're just talking regularly. But it was throughout the whole musical, it was integrated with rap and hip hop and all of that type of stuff. So I thought that was very, very interesting. Also, I really liked the Schuler sisters. Eliza sounded really well as far as her singing voice and her acting as well. And also was a really big fan of Angelica. Angelica could sing her butt off. Like, they all just sounded really good as far as their singing abilities and their acting abilities. It was just great. And overall, I learned really so much from this musical. I highly recommend watching the movie. It's long. Um, and I was kind of eerie about it because I was like, is this going to be like Titanic where the movie is so long and you're like, is the movie over yet? Is the movie over yet? Is the movie over yet? But I was so intrigued and it kept me interested in it, even though it was two hours and 40 minutes long. But yeah, that was the highlight of my weekend because we really didn't do anything for the 4th of July. Um, but we were able to see like some fireworks and that was pretty cool. And it kind of felt like we had our own little like private fireworks show viewing. But it was really cool to see it light up in the sky and all the pretty colors and stuff like that. But overall, like 4th of July was like pretty chill. But definitely recommend watching Hamilton if you have not watched it already. It was really good. I want to watch it again. I think we're probably going to watch it like at least two more times like it was just that good and you guys know that I don't like re-watching things again well I don't know if you guys know that I don't really like re-watching things again I was just talking to my mom about this where I don't know I don't know what it is but if I've seen something once I get kind of annoyed when I have to see it again I don't know if it's just because I already know what's going to happen so it's not anything new to me and it's kind of like predictable and I'm just like I want to see something new and something fresh in my mind. I really don't know what it is but for some reason watching things over and over again kind of irritates me unless I find that the project was like really really good and that's kind of like a one in a million chance where I don't mind seeing something over and over again, but that's normally because like I said I think it was just that good that I don't mind seeing it again but I don't come across that many things that often. But yeah, I think that's all that I have to say for my what's been going on update. It was pretty short, pretty simple, and pretty sweet. So without further ado, let's just get right into my foodie likes and dislikes. So my first foodie like is when I've been making, I'd probably say within the past week, some roasted chickpeas. I've talked about roasted chickpeas here on the podcast before, but recently the mixture I've been using is um, sea salt, just regular plain ones, and they taste really good actually. Normally my go-to is doing like chili powder for a little bit more of a spicier savory taste, but lately I've just been sticking to just making them simple and easy, and so what I'll do is put them in the air fryer and make them crunchy because I like my chickpeas like 
extra crunchy, not like burnt crunchy, but like almost on their way to being burnt crunchy. Like, and I know that's like a personal choice. I know some people are like, oh no, like that's like burnt or whatever. And I have this debate with people when I'm at school about toast. Cause like when I make toast at school, people will be like, that bread looks sober there's no life in it but I'm like I like my toast crunchy like I like having it where you know it's browns a little bit and some people are just like well are you sure about that but I personally like it like that and that's kind of like how I like my chickpeas as well as some other things I've talked about on the podcast before but that has been a really good go-to snack when I'm watching like million dollar listing LA or million dollar listing New York because those literally have been like the only shows that have been on television and they're actually really not that bad. My favorite is Million Dollar Listing LA. I am a big fan of Josh Altman. I think that he is so funny and Flag is just, he's just too much for me sometimes. I'm just gonna say that. But that show is actually really cool. Like the houses look so cool and so sick and so amazing. Like there's this one house that was in La Jolla and it was $30 million and apparently it's rumored to being the replica of the house from Avengers that's like Tony Stark's and it just looks so beautiful. The house is pretty much just made out of glass and it just looks so cool and there's so many other properties that they show on this show that just are just so cool and they're just houses that you wouldn't even think or even imagine would be on the market especially for the hefty price tag that comes with the house and seeing how these realtors are styling the houses and also just being able to see the dynamic between all of the realtors that's on the show so overall I like the show. I really do. Also, one thing that I like recently, recently tried is this breakfast sandwich from Starbucks. For the longest time, I've been wanting to be able to have it where I can try something from the Starbucks breakfast menu or just like the food menu in general because normally I don't get a breakfast sandwich from Starbucks because I just can't eat it because there's like some sort of cheese in it or there's like meat in it. So it's like it's a no-go for me, dog. But they came out recently with their Starbucks Impossible Patty Breakfast Sandwich. So what I'll do is I'll get it without the cheese. And that's actually really good. I'm not going to even lie. The patty has really, really, really good flavor to it. It tastes like really juicy to the point where I was like, am I eating a sausage breakfast sandwich? Is this like vegan and vegetarian or am I actually eating sausage? Like this is kind of scary. And it gave me like little flashbacks to when I first tried the actual Impossible Burger. And when I had it guys like it freaked me out because it tasted so much like a regular burger to the point where I was just like I don't know how comfortable I feel eating this because it tastes so much like a regular burger and I don't know I feel like when I eat a veggie burger or a vegan burger or something like that I like to be reminded that there's vegetables in here like you know what I'm saying like I don't know if I would feel 100% comfortable eating something that tastes so close to meat that I forget that I'm a vegetarian if that makes sense. So that kind of spooked me. I was kind of a little iffy trying this breakfast sandwich, but I thought it was really good actually. And I would get it again if I was out and about doing like grocery shopping or something and then I was hungry and I forgot to eat breakfast and I'm close to a Starbucks, I would probably get it. But my favorite breakfast sandwich right now is the Beyond Sausage Sandwich from Dunkin' Donuts. I get that and don't get it with cheese. Highly recommend trying that as well. That is 
like my favorite breakfast sandwich right now if I am on the go and I want to get something quick and easy um I like that one but both of them are really good but I was surprised at how flavorful the patty for the impossible breakfast sandwich one was and even just surprised that Starbucks now has that option for people who are vegetarian or vegan or people who want to cut back on the amount of meat that they have so I'm really excited and really happy about that option. Another one of my favorites has been cucumbers because I've been making a lot of salads during the week for like lunch and cucumbers have just been my go-to lately. I have always been down for a really good cucumber and I've just been snacking on them just whether it's on my salad off my salad. I just love cucumbers so that has been something I've been eating a lot of lately and I think those are all of my foodie likes for right now at least that I can think of but my main main foodie dislike that comes to mind when I'm thinking is when I was making salad the other day for my mom and so we had like tomatoes now I'm not a big fan of tomatoes and my mom isn't either but we had them in the house and so she was like I want them on my salad so I was like okay I'll cut some up so I was cutting them and part of it was mushy and a part of it wasn't and that just really just put me in a bad headspace because I don't really like tomatoes as it is anyway and so it was kind of messy cutting it so I ended up not using all of it and throwing part of it away and it was just like overly juicy and I just don't like the juice of a tomato I really don't like the taste of a tomato by itself if it doesn't have any like garlic or cilantro with it I just I just don't really like tomatoes like that so I'd probably say tomatoes slash having to cut up a tomato especially one that's kind of like a little bit more on the mushier side and is not as firm really just turned me off so I'd probably say that is my foodie dislike. So now that I'm done talking about my foodie likes and dislikes I guess I can get right into the allergy news. So the allergy news that I'm going to be talking about this week is actually an article from WebMD. It's about the Saharan dust plume. So basically Basically, if you are not familiar with it, it has been on a 5,000 mile journey across the Atlantic Ocean and recently it was expected to have hit the U.S. Gulf Coast within the last week and a half or so ago and it's like this massive dust cloud. So according to Dr. J. Allen Meadows, he's the president of the American College of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology, he said that the tiny dust particles uh, contained in the plume, they can cause eye, nose, and throat irritation, but particularly for people who are suffering from asthma and allergies in specific. And also in this article, they talk about how to keep in mind that, you know, this doesn't really have any relation to like a traditional dust mite allergy, but, you know, dust storms and like air pollution and like other um, irritants can just make your symptoms that you might have with asthma and allergies just overall worse and it can make your breathing a lot more difficult and in this article they give like a lot of different tips on what you should do if the Saharan plume is on its way near your part of the country so some things that this article recommends is to obviously wear a face mask outside it could not only help with preventing you know the transmission of COVID-19 of course but also it can help with keeping dust particles out of your nose and out of your mouth they say that it's important 
important to make sure that you're sticking with your um, medication regimens for your allergies and for your asthma symptoms to be able to keep that under control and to be able to make sure that your breathing is regulated and staying up to date on that and making sure that you aren't skipping like any days because I know sometimes I might forget to take my allergy medicine one day and just to make sure that you are keeping your body safe make sure that you're staying on top of that also the article talks about to make sure that you're staying in the loop about the weather reports in regards to the air quality in your area and then making sure that you stay inside in air conditioning if conditions worsen just to make sure that you are safe and that you are putting your allergies and your asthma first and last but not least the article also talks about that if your symptoms tend to get worse due to this Saharan plume then to make sure that you are talking with an allergist um, just to be able to get their guidance and to be able to work with them to put together a plan to make sure that you are putting your health first and that you are safe. I thought that this was interesting because I first found out about it from like Twitter and then I know I have been having conversations with my mom when it was expected to be able to hit Georgia so I thought that it would be interesting to bring this up. I'm not really sure about if it's still going to different parts of the U.S. still but I know I think like last week or a week and a half ago it was supposed to be hitting Georgia and me and my mom were talking about it and making sure that we were staying up on our allergy medication because we both take allergy medication to be able to manage our symptoms especially during like pollen season and during like summer allergies and spring allergies because they are both a thing so we've been making sure we stay on top of that and I know that we started feeling a little little bit weird um and so we were thinking like oh it was probably because of this so I wanted to be able to talk about it a little bit on the podcast because I saw some people talk about it on social media and stuff but it wasn't something that I saw on the news which I thought that was very interesting that I didn't really hear too much about it unless it was on social media specifically on Twitter that's where I get a lot of news nowadays as far as what's going on in the world as far as like the protest and Black Lives Matter movement and with you know finding out about Hamilton and finding out about all of these different things that are going on in the world with the Yemen crisis that's really how most people are finding out about things that are not hitting the news cycle like the regular news cycle that's on television but yeah that is the allergy news so I guess I can get right into today's topic so in today's episode I'm going to be talking about how you can turn basic ingredients into exciting allergy friendly meals because during this quarantine a lot of us are doing more cooking and are in the kitchen for whatever reason so whether it's because you don't want to have to bother with going out and having to go into a restaurant or even doing the whole curbside pickup thing or even if you just want to be able to use this time to better your kitchen skills and being able to get more acquainted with your kitchen. But I don't know about you guys, but the few times that my mom and I have gotten takeout or have even gone through a drive through for like Starbucks, it's just been a whole production with my mom with the whole like making sure you wiping down your cups and if you get a hot drink, then wiping down the stopper and making sure that you're sanitizing your hands and then also making sure that you're washing your hands once you get home from sanitizing and all that other 
type of stuff. So for those who just don't want to have to deal with that type of a headache of like going into the quote unquote wild, I guess I could say, uh, hopefully this episode helps you out a bit with being able to change up some things that you're making in the kitchen and not having the same thing over and over again, which can be comforting at times, but at a point, I don't know about you guys, but for me personally, sometimes after a while, I might start to get a little sick of having the same um, food item over and over again, but maybe it might not just be the actual food item, but just learning how to be able to switch things up, whether it's with seasonings or how you make it could really just make a difference. So the first thing I'm going to be talking about is if you have like beans and like pasta such as like a macaroni or a facili or any pasta like that on hand, you could try making my chili macaroni. So I've talked about the chili macaroni on the podcast before and I really like it and my mom likes it too because it's really easy to make. It's like a one pot type of deal and all you need is like macaroni noodles. So if you're gluten-free, you can obviously use gluten-free noodles. My favorite ones are from Ranzoni. I think I might have talked about them on the podcast previously. Um, You can use beans. I usually change the type of beans depending on which ones we have on hand. So my go-to beans for this dish are like kidney beans, um, pinto beans, black beans, and I think I may have used great northern beans before for this recipe but like those types of beans and I've not used like chickpeas or garbanzo beans in this recipe before but I mean if that's all you got then shoot your shot and see if it works for you but I usually like using like quote-unquote like chili type of beans because this is a chili and you can put in like chunky salsa um, for added flavor a tomato sauce like some seasonings and onions some cloves of garlic oil and then water for the pasta to cook all in one pot like I said with everything else it's a really great recipe that's easy, it's fulfilling at the same time, and it's one of my mom's favorite dishes that I make, and it's just overall just really delicious. I'll leave a link to this recipe in the show notes so you guys can definitely make this and check it out. And if you do, then be sure to tag at oh my allergies and also me on my page on Instagram, which is at callmevalbarn, so that I can see your recipe creations. So another combination that you might have on hand because I'm trying to think of things that people usually would have like in their pantry readily available that they just have on hand instead of you know recipes that are requiring you to get like garam masala or like some weird type of seasoning like that so just things that people tend to just have on hand and that are easily available and are usually more on the economical side and you're still able to make really good dishes so if you have like a combination like hmm like maybe like, I don't know, like chickpeas, a lemon, um, some mayonnaise on hand, then you could try making um, my chickpea tuna salad. So if you're allergic to eggs, you can use like vegan mayonnaise from brands like Hellman's. Um, I know Follow Your Heart has a vegan mayonnaise. Sir Kensington has a vegan mayonnaise, you know, brands like that. You can add some red onion for a little crunch and some garlic powder. And then if you wanna be like a little fancy, you could use like lettuce leaves to make like quote unquote tuna wraps and you're good to go. I have a recipe for this on my blog as well so I will link that in the show notes so you guys can check out that recipe as well. Um, If you have like lentils and like tomato paste on hand you can make a dal. I'm a big fan of dal. I really love Indian food and a lot of the spices that are used in it. I really like dal because it's very you know readily easy to make and it doesn't take a long time to make it and it's just so flavorful and then you can use that and then top it on top of some rice and 
and it's just it's just a delicious meal and it's very fulfilling and it just tastes so amazing so if you have kale and like sweet potatoes on hand you could either make like a, a kale salad so you can use some oil lemon juice chili powder and like some balsamic vinegar for a little bit of like some savory and spice and everything nice add a little bit of salt and then you can roast up some sweet potatoes and then you can toss that into the salad and you got yourself a yummy yummy salad and especially salads are in season now because we're in the summertime and a lot of people don't like cooking on their stovetops because it just makes their houses hotter and you just want to be able to keep that cool breeze that might be outside and you just don't want like a stuffy hot house especially during the summertime depending on where you are like if you're in a state like Georgia or like Texas where like it's hot and it's humid you're not trying to cook on a stovetop so salads are going to be your best friend and this salad is definitely a good one. So another suggestion I have, if you have like corn on the cob around the house, you know, maybe you had some at 4th of July and you don't really want to make actual corn on the cob or you are sick of just eating it like from side to side and you want to do something different with it, what you could do is cut the corn kernels off of the cob, uh, saute them with some bell peppers for some color. If you're like me and you don't like bell peppers, you can sub in maybe like some poblano peppers for a little bit of spice or even add some cabbage for an added crunch and then you can add that to like your salad you can top it on some tacos you can just do a lot of things with it and it's really tasty I know my mom did this where we had like some corn on the cob like on the stalks and it was like we didn't really want to have like corn on the cob but we didn't know what to do with it so she just cut the kernels off of the cob and just sauteed them and she put bell peppers in hers but I'm not really a big fan of it so I probably if I made it I would probably do like the poblano peppers like I was saying or you can add some cabbage in it or add some onions in it just be able to do whatever you want to do with it and then it's just really flexible you can turn it into a corn salsa if you want to add some cilantro you know just do your thing um another suggestion I have if you have cabbage on hand you can make cabbage and potatoes that's one of my mom's go-to's you can make an Asian cabbage slaw with cabbage you can add um, some red cabbage to be able to add some color to it to make it a little bit more vibrant and pretty add some carrots you can do a ginger dressing for an added tang to be able to give your cabbage like some life um, if you wanted to be able to make your own dressing I have a recipe for that on my blog and also for a Asian cabbage slaw actually so I will link that recipe as well in the show notes because it's so good it's a really good thing that you can make during the summertime it's very flavorful you get a little bit of that crunch if you are wanting something kind of crunchy and flavorful that's healthy at the same time I highly recommend making this slaw if you want to be able to use cabbage in a different way besides just like cooking the cabbage um, I think that's a really cool way to be able to still get your cabbage in so if you have fish on hand like salmon or like a cod and you're a big fan of fish like I am um, sorry for all the people who are allergic to fish or shellfish or crustaceans or anything like that, but you can make like fish tacos, you can do a baked fish, you can panko your fish, you can saute your fish, you can do so many different things with it. So I really like fish because it allows you to be able to have some other sort of protein in your life, especially since I'm a pesco ovo vegetarian, so that's where I get a lot of my protein from. So usually we have a good amount of fish on hand to be 
be able to weave that into our weekly meals that we have. So highly recommend doing fish in those types of ways. If you have like tofu and let's see, if you have like tofu, maybe throw in some quinoa, have mushrooms on hand. You can make a miso soup, add some bok choy, some rainbow chard, some green onions, and some miso paste, and you get yourself a really good miso soup. Miso soup is really good, especially now when you're trying to keep your immunity system up, and it just tastes really nice and clean, and it's pretty as well. I have a recipe for miso soup on my blog as well, so I will put that in the show notes as well. Let's see, I'm just coming up with all of these things on the fly right now, because <laughs> I'm trying to think of different things that would be in people's pantries or in people's refrigerators so that people can have different ways to be able to make different things that they have in their refrigerator. Because like I was saying before, you know, you might like broccoli, but like, what can you do to be able to do something different with broccoli besides sauteing it? So one of my favorite things that I like doing with broccoli every once in a while is I like roasting it. I think that's a really good alternative if you just don't want to just like cook it till it's like really, really soft on your stovetop. Not really a fan of broccoli in that way, but hey, you can do that. You can put broccoli and some eggs and some cheese and make a broccoli egg and cheese casserole. That's really cool. Obviously from me and my family, we would use dairy-free cheese. Um, you can use like brands like Daya. Um, I know Aldi's has a pretty good vegan cheese shreds. I think that's what it's called, vegan cheese shreds. I don't know why I always want to say vegan cheese spreads, but it's vegan cheese shreds. Okay, we got it this time. Okay, so you can do that. Um, one thing that I have a recipe for on my blog is for uh, broccoli and cheese tots. If you want to be able to do something really different with broccoli, you can also add broccoli to your salads for an extra crunch. Just there's different ways to be able to incorporate different types of vegetables and being able to have them in a different way so that it just doesn't get boring. So if you have like quinoa on hand and you're just sick of making quinoa in a way of having it as a rice alternative, you can make like quinoa burgers. So you can use quinoa, use an egg or flax egg, depending on if you're allergic to eggs or not, or if you just want to use eggs or not, or because I know some people just don't like using eggs all the time, throwing some oats, some of your favorite seasonings depending on the taste that you're in the mood for. So like for an example, I usually like using maybe like seasonings like cumin and chili powder, you know, do some salted taste of course, and you are good to go. Um, what's another thing? Oh, if you have a vegan meat alternative like Beyond Meat, which is something that we have in our house sometimes, you can use it to make a taco salad. I am a big fan of taco salads, guys. I love putting like salsa in mine, using some dairy-free cheese every once in a while, black olives, cucumbers, um, what else? Onions, love using cilantro, and even corn sometimes. And then also you can use the vegan meat alternative to be able to make burgers. If you have like the ground block of Beyond Meat, uh, you can use it to make ground meat for tacos. Like if you want to use shell tacos, you can pair it with eggs, salsa and jalapenos and get like a Southwestern egg scramble. Um, you can pair it with eggs to be able to make like a casserole. Like there's so many things that you can do with the Beyond Meat. And it's one of the reasons that me and my mom really like it so much because it's so versatile. Like you can use it in so many different ways and be able to make so many different dishes out of it. And it tastes good and 
it's like a chameleon like in a way like tofu like it'll taste the way that you want it to taste depending on how you season it so I really like that about it another idea is if you have like kale and cauliflower on hand in your refrigerator you could roast it you could um make it into a soup you could um make a dip out of it I have a recipe on my blog for a kale and cauliflower dip now if you roast it you can roast it and have it as a side you can roast it and be able to make a grain bowl out of it you know add some kale add some add some quinoa have the cauliflower be able to top it with a protein and you got yourself a really good grain bowl you could um put them in a salad and just have them um, slightly cooked you could roast them and put them on a salad like there's just so many things that you could do with kale and cauliflower Um, another thing if you have like a lot of lettuce on hand like me and my family did for a while we just had so much lettuce but after a while we were kind of sick of just having salads with it so usually like in the past we would just have the lettuce and then kind of not really be in the mood for it and then it would go bad and then it's like you don't really want to be throwing away like good quality food so a good way that you could be able to use lettuce without necessarily having to make a salad you could make lettuce wraps with it you could be able to shred it and then put it on top of tacos you could you know use it for salads but get really creative with your salads you could make like a summer salad with berries put like some raspberries and some blueberries on it you could be able to make a taco salad like I had suggested um, earlier in the episode you could um, make like a Waldorf salad with some tuna and some raisins and some apples if that's your thing like really for me because I'm and kind of what you would say is a selective eater. I call it a selective eater. You may call it a picky eater. Um, but really for me, like I only like my salads a certain type of way. So usually after a while I might get bored with them. But really the key to salads is being able to mix it up. So you can even mix up the base that you have. So one day you might want to use romaine. Another day you might want to use a spring mix. Another day you might want to use kale. Another day you might want to use spinach just to be able to switch it up if you like those types of lettuces. Usually for me, my favorite types of lettuces are romaine. I also like kale, having that as a base every once in a while. I also like having the, um, what is it called? not baby romaine, what is it called? Butter lettuce. I like butter lettuce, that's pretty good. I like artesian lettuce, that tastes really good. So really just the key to being able to make salads still interesting to you and your palate is just mixing up the different bases and being able to go in your refrigerator. And the cool thing about salad is that you can put whatever you want on salad. So if you want to put different types of olives on there because I really love black olives, green olives, and Kalamata olives and I for sure put those things all on my salad at the same time. That's a really cool way to be able to get rid of different foods that you have in your refrigerator too and do like a makeshift salad. Also another really good meal idea if you have a lot of rice because I know rice it's very inexpensive for people and it's a really good way to have a grain if you pair rice and beans together that makes a protein so I know a lot of people tend to pick up rice um, when it's available I don't know if it has been because I'm not really a huge fan of rice my favorite type of grain is quinoa but for people who do like rice of course you can pair it with beans and rice 
You could make a grain bowl with the rice. You could put it in a salad to be able to add an extra um, like grain into your salad to be able to make it more fulfilling and make it where you're not just eating a bunch of lettuce and then like within an hour you're like hungry. So it's really key for a salad to make sure that you're putting like healthy fats in there and putting you know grains to be able to help with it being able to stick to you so that it fills you up essentially um another thing that you could do is to be able to make like a a vegetable stir fry with some rice that's a really good way to be able to use rice you can also be able to use rice to be able to make desserts one of my favorite desserts when I was growing up that my mom made was these uh, sun butter um, like rice crispy type of treats which are supposed to be like healthier to like you're supposed to be like a healthier alternative to like rice crispy treats and it has like protein in it from the sun butter and you can use any type of nut butter or nut butter alternative depending on if you have nut allergies so if you don't have nut allergies then you know you can use almond butter peanut butter if you do then you can use like sunflower seed butter and different alternatives like that but that's an also a different way to be able to utilize rice if you have it in your kitchen you can use rice to make a casserole you can use rice to make risotto there's so many different things that you can use rice for just to be able to switch things up and not just have it where you're just having boring old rice because having rice especially brown rice time after time after time after time the flavor of it can get pretty bland so really just utilizing the different seasonings that you have on hand and just experimenting in that way will really help with being able to diversify the food options that you have in your kitchen. Or worst case, well not really worst case, if you really just can't think of anything, just have breakfast food for dinner, which is something that me and my mom do. We'll have like eggs or we might have omelets or we might have like a tofu scramble or we might just have grits or we might have some sort of like vegetarian sausage or just being able to experiment with breakfast food in that way too. So don't be afraid to have breakfast food for dinner because I know a lot of people do it. A lot of people don't like admitting it I find but a lot of people do it actually. So don't be scared to do that either. But hopefully you all found this episode somewhat helpful and if you guys want me to do another episode like this maybe about allergy friendly snacks and just talk about different snack options some that are my favorite some that I want to try but I found out about them and I want to tell you guys about them then be sure to send a message over to the oh my allergies instagram which is just simply at oh my allergies if you are not subscribed to the podcast already make sure that you are subscribed also three ways that you can help the podcast is not only subscribing but rating the podcast and also leaving a review on on iTunes. That's really helpful so that not only can we get your feedback on what you guys like and what things you would like to see on the podcast, but also it helps with being able to help the podcast reach more people and being able to grow and being able to grow our Oh My Allergies community. But I think that's all for today's episode. If you don't follow Oh My Allergies on our Instagram page, like I said, our handle is at Oh My Allergies. And I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Bye, guys.